I'm going to read some words from uh, Philippians chapter 4. If you want to follow along, it is Philippians 4, starting at the first verse. And this, this is a, a, a sort of part two of a sermon I started uh, a few weeks ago. So I will recap, but um, it, it, it won't take much. So you've heard this before, this, this reading recently. Philippians 4, therefore, my brothers and sisters, you who I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. I plead with Yodia and I plead with Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women, since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. May God bless his words to us now. Let's just pray before I speak. Father God, thank you that you've given me this message. And I just pray, Lord, that you would help me to deliver it as you would want it delivered. May your words be the ones that people hear. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, Dave is going to spring into action with... A PowerPoint. There you go. Peaceful, easy feeling. That was what I started preaching about a couple of, uh, maybe three weeks ago. I can't even remember. Um, it started off because this is a song title from a, um, a band I like, the Eagles. Um, and I like the title. That the song actually goes way off the rails, so we don't want to talk about the song. But that's where I got this idea from, that there was a peaceful, easy feeling, that it wasn't possible to get if you just leave God out of it. So that was where this started. And if you remember, those of you that were here, or you, you maybe listened to it online, um, we talked about three things, and I got to two of the three things. I talked about being at peace with one another. And next week we're going to celebrate communion, and one of the things we, we celebrate in communion is fact that we're together in Christ's body. That was also part of the illustration that, that uh, I did with the children. I talked about peace within, the peace that comes from within. And then today I'm going to be talking about peace with God, because that's the, the third part of this equation. 
Um, and if you remember, <laughs> I love this, it's great. Okay, maybe not then. <laughs> can, you, can you press the next down arrow, please, Dave? Thank you. Thank you. There we go. So there's Euodia. We just read about her. I talked about her um, in that first part. And again, Dave, there's Syntyche. I'm sure they weren't actually looked like that, but there you go. And they didn't agree for whatever reason. We don't know what they didn't didn't dis they disagreed about, but they were causing some um, problems in the church. And I'm going to touch on that a bit later on as well. But Paul asked the church to 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 sort that out and for them to come together in love, so that they could have peace and continue the work that the church was doing. So, I just want to read um, verses 8 and 9 of that um, text that I started with. So let's just read together Philippians 4, verse 8 and 9. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. So there we have a verse which tells us something about what we're supposed to do. <clears throat> and I, I was thinking about what are those things saying to us in verse 8. And I, I've, um, I'm just making slow gin at the moment. Um, so earlier on in the year, I collected slows on a walk with, um, with Ella, um, which was exciting in itself because I had to sort of tie her up and she went absolutely berserk as I was collecting slows off the bushes. Ella is a dog. Ella's a dog, yeah. <laughs> not my other woman. <laughs> yeah, sorry, we need, we need input here. <laughs> so anyway, I've got these slows and when you get them back and you, you making slow gin is so easy, you put them in the freezer, they all kind of go and split apart as they freeze the water inside and pushes the skins open and then you just dump them in some gin with some sugar. I mean it couldn't be easier but the thing is there's lots of bits of leaves sort of a few maggots and things like that in there and so, so you know odds and sods and insects and branches and all sorts of stuff you really wouldn't want to drink it's all sterilized it doesn't matter it's in gin um, but when before you drink it you've got to filter it so you get a piece of muslin, not muslim, as my mother used to say. We didn't filter things through muslims. Muslim. And you pour it through, and all of the kind of detritus that you don't want in your slow gin remains behind. It's filtered. And that's good. It's lovely to drink then. So if you come around my house, you can have 2023 slow gin. Actually, it's not ready yet. But you can have 2022s. I do it every year. It needs a filter. 
And it's, it's like in my previous existence before I was a teacher, I, I was in the pharmaceutical industry or biotech industry. And whenever you prepare a pharmaceutical, a drug that's going to be injected or made into a paste or a gel or a tablet, there's always, always, always a final sterilization filtration step in the um, process of making that drug because you need to get rid of all the bacteria that may be in that preparation that you've made. So you put it through a 0.2 micron filter, everything goes through and you hope that you've caught all your nasty bacteria that might contaminate your product. So again, there's a filtration step. And I, I think that this verse is kind of describing a set of eight filters that we need to put everything we do and say and watch through. So I think Paul's saying, whatever we do, whatever we say, whatever we watch on telly, whatever we listen to, is it true? Is it admirable? What do they say? Sorry, it's gone off again. Is it lovely? Is it excellent? Is it praiseworthy? We can put those that input through that filter of, of the words in verse 8. And we can then decide, well, no, it's not. So we, we shouldn't welcome it into our lives. If it's not noble or right or pure or lovely or admirable or excellent, we should reject it. But we shouldn't let it find a place in our hearts. And if we use these filters, what does it, it mean? It means, it says, we're going to find peace. We're going to find peace with God in our hearts. It's working, yeah? Sorry, I'm finding the right one. There we go. So Jesus said in John 16, verse 33, I've told you these things so that in me you might have peace. In this world you will have troubles, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. Isn't that amazing? We know we're going to have troubles, but God has given us the way to have peace. And it involves him, because it says that in me you might have peace in Jesus. So we need Jesus in this equation for us to find peace. Now, it's not easy to find this peace. I, I recognise that. There's a lot of things that we have to kind of contend with. Okay. Um, let's read Matthew 5 and verse 9. This is the Sermon on the Mount, and one of the... Um, one of the things that Jesus says is that the peacemakers are going to be blessed because they will be called children of God. And we are called to be peacemakers, aren't we? But I think it's, it's really hard when, particularly at the moment, we see the world full of strife. We've got war in, in Ukraine. We've got wars in Gaza. We've got, you know, all sorts of conflicts all over the place and you know those two that i mentioned are really just the ones that are in the news there's hundreds of other conflicts going on uh, all over the world there's the world is not a peaceful place 
It's full of anger, and yet we are called to be peacemakers. And how do we do that? And I think that there are, there, there are three types of people when it comes to peace and being peacemakers. And I think, I think there are peace breakers. I think there are peace fakers. And then there are the peacemakers. And that's what God wants us to be. So let's look at each of those. Peace breakers. These people are deliberately confrontational. We've all met them. They want to break relationships. They're manipulative and self-seeking. And the Bible has strong words for people like them. So I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those that cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. Keep away from them. For such people are not serving our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. So there's a warning there to be on the lookout for people that want to seed dif difference and dissent within the church. <clears throat> Before we go off on a big witch hunt and kind of all look at <laughs> everyone around us, let's look at ourselves first. We can be peace breakers without really realising it sometimes. We can gossip, can't we? We can talk about other people. We can moan and be judgmental and opinionated in a bad way. Sometimes it's good to have opinions, but not if they're not the right ones. These are destructive and they cause division and friction. Remember Euodia and Syntyche? Perhaps people were gossiping about them in the church. Perhaps they were gossiping about their falling out. Oh, have you heard about Syntyche? Oh, there she's not talking to Euodia. You can just hear that going on, can't you? You know, these, this, is, this is about peace breaking. You're not being a peacemaker. You're being a peace breaker if you're spreading that kind of stuff around. So let's make sure that in our own hearts we use those filters that God gave us in that verse, in verse 8 of Philippians, and, and we put everything that we hear and that we're about to say through that. Let's make sure we're not peace breakers by not getting in the way of building up the right relationships between people and between people and God. What about those peace fakers then? Peace fakers see peace as the absence of any kind of argument or dispute. And I definitely fall into this category a lot. I'm, I'm very anti-confrontational. I don't like confrontation. And as long as people aren't, you know, actively killing each other, it's probably okay and we've got peace. But, but we're missing the point here <clears throat> that peace is an active thing. It's not enough for it to be an absence of strife. It's about having the right relationship with someone, and, and that is hard. So, you know, if you see a friend doing something destructive or that's harmful to the, for them in their lives, maybe they're just working too hard. I don't know, maybe they're, they're hanging out with the wrong kind of people. Do you mention it to them? 
If you do, maybe it causes a bit of uh, friction in that relationship because nobody wants to hear that kind of thing, generally. It may cause issues between you and that friend. And eventually you kind of give up because you, know, you don't want to have that confrontation in your life. And you go and talk about you know, more agreeable and less, less controversial subjects. But are we letting that friend down? When we choose peace faking over telling the truth in love, we may think we're being kind of noble, but, but really it's a bad choice, isn't it? If there's a tension in a relationship, ignoring it is not going to make it go away. We need to confront it, and it's hard sometimes. We don't want peace fakers. Ephesians 4, which I've read today, says, therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbour, for we are all members of one body. I didn't read that verse earlier, but it's in, from the same chapter. Put off falsehood, speak truthfully to your neighbour, for we are all members of one body. If we do that, we're not going to be peace fakers. We may cause some initial friction, but it's what God would have us do. Relationships can die while everything looks peaceful on the surface. So let's not be peace fakers. And finally, we have peacemakers. Peacemakers think before they speak, they use that filter. They're not confrontational just for the sake of it. They're prepared to tell the truth for God and trust God for the outcome. And it's difficult sometimes. I, I was thinking about a, a, an illustration of this, and, and I, I, it's a bit lame, but I came up with one in my own life. When I was, um, I think I was about six, and I was trying to learn how to ride a bike, a two-wheel bike, and I did have kind of little stabilizers on, and eventually you kind of get, you know, you get, you get those off, and I wobbled up the pavement, and in those days, Back in the late 60s, it was very safe to play on the, the pavement. Nobody thought twice about it. You were just riding up and down the pavement. And it was a you know, relatively uh, quiet road, but cars were on the road occasionally. And I remember my parents coming out, and we had um, a white picket fence around the house at the front. And they stood there together, watching me go up and down on my bike, wobbling away. And they were yelling encouragement and going, well, done, we love you, you're so good on your bike, oh, you're brilliant, you know, the best bicyclist ever, all this kind of thing. And they brought me inside and gave me kind of, you know, a marmalade sandwich, because that was what, what, what we used to do. She was a feeder, even. Um, and then I was riding my bike, they were standing outside watching me, and I had a bit of a wobble, drove into the road, car screeched to a halt, and I sort of like, I wasn't hurt. My, my mum came running out through the gate, she picked me up, she smacked me, she said, what are you doing? What? It's, she loved me in both cases, didn't she? She really did. I wonder what happened to the love that was there minutes earlier when I was kind of having my marmalade sandwich and being praised for riding my bike. Suddenly, We've got the same love 
but it was in a different form. It was still love. Peacemakers are motivated out of real love. And I think sometimes we'll get misunderstood and rejected for the trouble they take to love people. But we've got to go through that. We have to do what God has asked us to do. And if it means that we're going to get a hard time for doing that, well, maybe that's what we need to do. Jesus came to be a peacemaker, didn't he? And they crucified him for that. Read Matthew 10, 34 to 40. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Jesus is giving us peace by restoring the right relationship that we have with God in the beginning. So let's be peacemakers as we seek to find the right relationships with people in the church and people outside the church. Let's not be peace breakers or peace fakers. And finally, what what were Jesus' first words to his disciples when he came back after the resurrection? Remember, the disciples were in the upper room, fearful, dejected. Their leader had just been crucified. The future was, you know, unknown. They hadn't got a clue. And Jesus, when he returned to them, didn't say, you betrayed me, you bunch of idiots. You're failures. He didn't say, ah, I told you so. I knew you'd reject me. Or where were you when I needed you? He didn't say any of that. What did he say? He said, peace be with you. The very thing that those men and women didn't have at that time, he offered them peace. And you know what? He's still doing it today. Amen. Father God, I just thank you that we know the right way to have peace, and that is to have that right relationship with each other, and more importantly, that right relationship with you, because you offer us peace through that perfect relationship that you made possible through your death and resurrection. Help us, Lord, to be peacemakers and not peace breakers or fakers. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.